Welcome to the Open Headspace Podcast, where we strive to expose the unspoken, normalize vulnerability, and explore controversial questions while in mindful relationship with Jesus. I'm Noelle. And I am McKenna. We are <clears throat> back at it again Woo. with a half hour hash out Yeet. for you, but I have a very important question for you. Okay, very important question. Very important. <laughs> what's it, what's it going to be today? Why should you always bring two pairs of socks golfing? Why should you always bear, bring two pairs of socks golfing? When you go golfing, yeah. Oh, it has something to do with the word pair. No. Wasn't that a golf term? It is a golf term, yes, but that's not the answer. Pairs of socks. Does it have something to do with the birdie? No. Why? It's in case you get a hole in one. (laughs) Oh, and it's par, not pair. It's par, yeah. Oh my goodness, that's that's beautiful. (laughs) In case you get a hole in one. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, and two pairs. I thought you were saying two socks. No, two pairs of socks. My answer would have been like because you have two feet, but I realized a pair is two separate socks. Yes, two se- separate pairs of socks. Why do we call them a pair of jeans? I don't know. You wear one jeans. You can't wear They're a not jean. two different. I mean, there's two legs, but like English but- is weird. Yeah, pairs of socks, two separate things. Pair of jeans is one thing. Mm-hmm. You can't ever wear just a, a jean. You say pants. These are my pants. But that's still plural. That is still plural. You can my never pant. wear a pant or a, a jean. I'm going to just call them my pant and my jean. <laughs> I'm going to wear jean today. I'm going to wear my jean today. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like a skirt. <laughs> a denim skirt. Or just a, like you're about to say jean jacket. Because shirts, they have two arms. But if you were to say I'm wearing... I'm wearing shirts today. Like I think pants. it has to do I'm with the pants. amount of limbs that it goes on to because the legs have two legs, but your body, you have one torso. But you have two arms. But the shirt covers the torso mostly. But if you wore long sleeves, you're covering two arms. But you're mostly covering the torso. What if you wore like one of those sweaters that are like cropped? That's, that's called a crop top. Yes, but it has two arms. So there's more space taken but up by just the arms. a crop top. That'd be crop tops. Crops tops. I'm so confused <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, we have mittens, we have socks, pants, glasses, shirts. But then you got two pairs of glasses. Glasses makes sense, but you can't ever wear a glass. No, you can. You can't have, you a, can monocle. have a glass. The monocle. Okay. Dude, I saw an episode of Star Wars recently where like the dude had like an electronic monocle, and he like put it above his ear like you would like a pen, and it would like shine down. It was like a little holographic it was so cool i was like i want one that needs to exist (laughs) it needs to exist in real life not just google goggles wasn't that a thing that was going to exist i was going to exist but upgraded version of that i got so excited about that no for no reason i I knew i was never gonna own them but i just thought it was cool it was like also how do you control that with your eye right like (laughs) looking around all over the place you get a headache that would give me vertigo pretty bad prescription google goggles carry the internet with you everywhere because that's a good idea that's great (laughs) Mm, yes that sounds unhealthy it's like augmented reality this place is so far away like you could gps your way it would be kind of cool to have augmented reality for for directions Ooh, that'd be sick because then you would never get lost honestly that was the one thing i wish they'd have for vehicles like if you had the option to make your um the screen yeah the the windshield windshield. the windshield a screen so that Mm -hmm. you could see like the arrow and directions to go like oh my goodness i bet your tesla is probably working on something like that Tesla, you have to pay me for that idea. Or both of us. Patented, open headspace, open headspace podcast come at us. is going to be We need like 0.2% of your income from that. 0.2? They make a crap ton of money. 20%. Okay, 20%. I don't settle low. <laughs> I'm just saying, Tesla makes a lot of money. Exactly. 
Oh yeah, if we were trying to bargain. But it's we our idea, so we're giving them eighty percent. Okay. So Okay. Anyways. <laughs> business. Capitalism. I'm confused, but okay. <laughs> I am confused. When those come out, we can all come back to this episode and say it was here first, folks. It was here we first. We can sue them. We are the hipsters of this tech. Be like, we came up with it first, Tesla. Give it us the ours. monies. <laughs> okay, well, we should probably jump into yeah, our topic for today. Hard. <laughs> it's called unstructured convo time for it's a reason. True. So we'll be right back with today's topic. Indeed. Weed's back. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just for the record, I did not know she was about to do that. <laughs> my fingers were perfectly around my nose. I'm going to start the next one like this. Oh, good lord. Okay. Then you'll know which one came consecutively. Anyways. Wow. <laughs> so our topic today is attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Because we just talked about relationships recently, so we figured we'd talk about the different types of attachment styles and our experience with it and how they react in relationships. Yeah. We aren't scientists. Nope. Obviously. We are not experts on this. We are not. But we have both taken a psychology class, Mm -hmm. and I'm reading a book currently that has the attachment theory as kind of like the main... So there's two a lot hipsters of hipsters who have taken a psychology class. Right, yes. <laughs> Basically, this podcast is two hipsters who have taken okay, psychology. That is rememberable right there. <laughs> and Grandpa Bubbles. And Grandpa Bubbles and Emo Hipster. Uh, taken a psychology class. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But anyway, um, you have a book. That's yeah, and it just talks a little bit about that. So there's been a little bit of. Oh my goodness, what am I doing? Oh my goodness. No, me, 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 me. What are you doing? Um, I thought you could uncaps lock by controlling and then pressing a button but i realized Bruh. that's not how that works no you just press the caps lock button again i did but i have but to retype it okay okay anyways um so yeah there's just a little bit of information we have on it so we're not going to focus on like the the deep dive of how these things happen and what Maybe they are a, really yeah, because exactly. we only really have experience on what we are yeah, what we are is probably going to be the primary focus. Yeah. We'll briefly go over some Excuse of the me, basic attachment styles and then the... I know the history behind attachment styles. There you go. I do not. So I can give a brief, brief summary. Brief. Um, so attachment styles is a theory that's based on the idea that the way we interact with other people is structured on how we were raised. So as a kid, mm-hmm. we attach to our oh, yeah, I know this. Yeah. parental figures and then... The way that we are responded to teaches us the way that we need to reach out or not reach out to be able to receive what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that carries into adulthood and becomes very prominent in romantic relationships as well as in friendships, but very prominent in very close relationships. So romantic relationships would be an area that that surfaces. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, the theory of it affecting your adult life was non-existent for a period of time. The guy who came up with this theory said that but people didn't accept that portion of it and then later on they realized how accurate it was and how you could totally see that i love you so much <laughs> she's you. got the laces of her jacket i was listening mouth. to you talk but i was also just kind of like mm. <laughs> so yeah this stuff is prominent in adult life which is why it's a really helpful theory to understand indeed so miss noelle yes miss let's McKenna. run down the list or not are you swedish now a list is that or I, no it's like it's iceland Iceland. Run down <laughs> No, it's just it's it's um uh dub 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 Norse. It's like a Norse <gasps> kind of thing. Scottish. They're Scottish. Scottish. Oh gosh. We should do a whole episode in an accent. Just in multiple different accents. We just change accents. That could be a mini sode. We have like accent uh, we need alliteration in this thing. 
accent something somethings. Yeah. Anyway, so that was <laughs> tangent. You're welcome for that um, sneak peek that did not we did not plan to do. Right. Um, but the attachment styles are as follows. There are four main ones. I think they probably could come up with more, but these are kind of the core ones. These are the kind of core four. <laughs> core four. So there's the avoidant. Oh, we're starting with that one. I thought we were starting with I was going to read left to right. Oh, I was. Left okay. to right and then kind of circle. I was going to clockwise. Oh, so we can end on that one. Okay. Yeah. We're looking at a graph. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. It's more of a chart. But There's a chart. It has like that four grid where you have these two dimensions, avoidance and anxiety. So under low anxiety and high avoidance, we have. Avoidant. Which is, um, they give a little list of. Oh, what do. that looks like but i think avoidant yeah yeah so. avoidant they like isolation ambiguity ambivalence and emo- they typically are a little bit more emotionally distant so it's this kind of withdrawn way mm-hmm. of addressing needs more like aloof kind yeah. of a thing yeah so if you have a, a relational need or something instead of running to it you would run away from it mm-hmm. for fear of not actually having it met because it takes vulnerability to or it makes the people around you go by this yeah exactly yeah so it's you're like afraid if of being i hurt. reach out then things will run away from me sort of thing. it's so like you your typical withdraw. movie trope of somebody been hurt in a past relationship and then doesn't want to go after anybody else That's because they're exactly hurt. It. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and they become aloof and somebody's like just please yeah, and no, usually that's met with a very aggressive response, which causes more withdrawing. So. Exactly, yeah. Second up, under high avoidance and high anxiety, is fearful avoidance, Ooh. which sounds a lot like, I mean, they're both avoidant because they're on the high avoidance spectrum. Mm. Um, so this one uh, has to do with a lot of internal conflict. They tend to be very dramatic, unpredictable, and have some ambivalence as well. They're more avoidant but they tend to be more dramatic about it and have a lot of internal conflict about it there's more of a a running to yeah in in fear because i mean the high anxiety it comes into it it's like um i remember reading about how interesting this one is because it's like it's avoided but it's not (laughs) they run to it and then when something bad happens they run very Mm -hmm. far away and nobody understands what's happening the ambivert (laughs) yeah of avoidance I could be defining that wrong, so take these with a grain of salt. But anyways, so next up, high anxiety, low avoidance. We're going on the bottom end of the scale now. We have... Anxious. Which is a word that we all know and love. Mm, Yes, we love that word. So high anxiety, low avoidance. What does that look like? They have more of an emotional hunger. Uh, They have like a fantasy bond, which I don't fully understand that, so you have to tell me about Mm -hmm, that one. mm -hmm. Um, Typically, they come from a a house that has lack of nurturing, Mm -hmm, so they don't -hmm. don't get a lot of what they needed growing up. Yeah, yeah. They also grew up with like a lot of turbulence, so they're not used to understanding how relationships work. Yeah. Um, There's a car. A lot of the, (laughs) like people who have trauma might like have to have this kind of style because Mm -hmm. they don't understand how relationships work right it's this um recognition of a need and then trying to get that met in a very turbulent way is often like and reaching out very aggressively yeah or just a lot of chaos there you go. comes that's with how this works. one so the fantasy bond i know that um that's kind of there's a lot more i think fantasy bond it's like you almost attach to people thinking they'll meet your needs when they aren't oh i understand this you attach you feel, to somebody yeah. that you aren't actually safe like you want to be a friend with like you have like in typical friend crush Mm -hmm. or someone you like you attach them very quickly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thinking that they will they will fall in love with you or be your friend immediately and then it usually falls through this attachment style is very quick to latch on and i know that with the avoidant ones they're very slow to attach uh Look on your face, it's like whoa. That makes more sense now. <laughs> and now that isn't necessarily like this 
curse like being fast or slow. No, but, but it, it just is makes a, more sense now to me because yeah, I, res- <laughs> I have an anxious attachment style. So um, it's a result of yeah the lack of being met in the needs. So you end up like reaching out because you know your needs very well and you're like I need it. And then yeah. So then the last one, low anxiety, low avoidance, sounds like the best combo honestly because it's called drum roll secure. Secure makes sense. That's kind of the ideal. And that's where you are. A little bit more confident. They have, they're more reciprocal. The people, two people with a secure attachment style are pretty, mm-hmm. is the most like healthy balanced. of relationships. Yeah. It's most ba- easily balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, they're non-reactive. That's not to say that they're not going to um, have moments. Have moments. <laughs> and they tend to be more resilient. They tend to b- bounce back more from more of a conflict, conflict in a relationship or anything like yeah. that. Because they grew up with knowing that um, they're, safe, they're safe and their of. needs are ne- met or yeah. needs are being met no matter what and mm-hmm. so they have that resilience that they can right come back conflict for the one who is secure is not a threat to the relationship whereas with avoidance and anxious styles it is a threat it is a threat to if the there's people. any sort of problem there's like oh no the whole relationship is compromised so mm-hmm. a secure attachment says like that's not the case. This is an issue within the relationship, and the relationship is secure without it, this or makes without more sense. that. Yeah, it's secure without being compromised oh, by that. It just thing. makes more sense. This is something that <laughs> happened in my relationship, so it works. Oh yeah, it makes more sense. Not that not not, not that it was anything bad. It was yeah, just yeah. more of like ah. You see these things good. come up a yeah. lot in in romantic relationships. So that's kind of why we want to talk about this after relationships because this is I found this to be a really helpful theory for understanding like why certain things trigger certain things Mm -hmm. something happens and there's this reactance and you're like what did that come from and Mm -hmm. it's often from a deep attachment fear Mm -hmm. that you have learned from your childhood and that can be incredibly like you got spotlight on your younger self for a moment it's terrifying yeah so when you have these moments of like something happens and you react in a very unnatural way Mm -hmm. usually it's because there's something deep down that was hit like a raw spot is how i've heard it defined oh raw spot that makes sense yeah it's very cool so what one did you consider yourself oh i'm the anxious attachment style and then i identified with fearful avoidance so we're both we're both on the high anxiety side (laughs) well we both also have anxiety yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah so our experience with these like these things surfacing in our relationships we wanted to kind of dive into that now that we've kind of defined it yeah each of the categories so finding dive how have you seen do you want to go first it doesn't matter to me i don't care okay how have you seen the anxious attachment style show up in your relationships in general but also <laughs> any way that you would want to define well that? well i do have ex- now that you've explained the fantasy bond to me i've definitely had those, those yeah fun <laughs> love that right um yeah, that's great. I used to have them all the time, too, when I was just, like, wanting friends mm-hmm. and a little bit younger, probably, like, in my teens and mm-hmm. just starting to be a Jesus person. I was like, I want to be friends with that person, and they're going to help me in the best way possible and not focus on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Um, so I, I grew up knowing that, which is fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, but, like, I now I look back on it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I had several of those. Oh, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Um, or, like, with people that I had crushes on and stuff like that i'd be like oh this person is going to be what i need and mm-hmm. will fulfill my romantic needs for the rest of my life and right yeah it was like a whole thing and it's then this it idealized goes. image of what you really need yes exactly and then i would like go through and like do like fake scenarios in my head yeah yeah and like do the let's have this conversation and then have it go the way that i exactly wanted it to mm. and then obviously it never went that way it creates a sense of security in it a sense because you're building this <clears throat> controlled fantasy which is, I mean, humans do that totally. It's a controlled fantasy that won't happen. It's unrealistic, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it does help. It does 
paint an unrealistic picture of that person though in your mind I yeah realize. um yeah you start to like the person in your head more than the person that themselves. you're in relationship with yeah i feel like a lot of anxious attachment style humans tend to like the idea of someone yeah more than the person and yeah, so when heard. you have this anxious style you really need to with someone that you do find yourself in a relationship with focus on i need to make sure that i like this person yeah. for them remind yourself not, of reality as often as you can yeah and not put them on like some kind of all-powerful pedestal right because yeah with the you end up doing it attachment style the res- how that ends up happening i think is when a parent i think it's when they don't respond when you need something mm-hmm. so wait how did i just connect that in my mind <laughs> what were we just talking about my brain totally putting lost someone it. on a pedestal yeah yeah so you see the parental figure as the I mean, you obviously would need them, mm-hmm. right? So you grow up realizing like, oh, I need someone. I need mm-hmm. a person and they're going to satisfy all my needs. But you never really experienced that mm-hmm. to a degree. I mean, everybody, I mean, we all have damage. <laughs> so we all have damage. Like, everybody was damaged as a child. Yeah, it's not like your parents are specifically bad or anything. Yeah. But um, yeah, you start to see the person as like, well, they, if I could just have that, then I'd be okay. Then it would be perfect. Because you didn't actually know the reality of being cared for Mm -hmm. in a balanced way because just you know the secure attachment style isn't because the parent always responds it's that there's this balance in like knowing when to meet your needs and come when you cry versus knowing when you need to figure yourself yourself, and things like that so there's balance that comes into play Mm -hmm. but the extremes happen when there's extremes (laughs) yeah and i've noticed that with um with corgo and my relationship with corgo just wipe your face real quick. There's a mosquito. You got it. You good? Oh, cool. Mosquitoes. We're outside still. <laughs> um, you got it. You good? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, now I have the heebie-jeebies. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, with Corgo. No, with Corgo, yeah. Because um, he has, and I feel like he has a secure attachment style. He's been very secure with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of my attachment styles, I've worked really hard not to put him on a high pedestal mm-hmm. and put and put. I don't know, put more of like a fantasy that is not true there mm-hmm. before um, it does happen. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I haven't told him about this yet either, so it'll be fun when he listens to this, but I'll probably <laughs> tell him about it later. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We'll have a conversation. But um, he knows I'm pretty anxious and overthinking and codependent and so. Mm-hmm. But I work really hard to remind myself of realities of the race, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm, it's totally. just, this is the reality and it's actually very healthy to do yeah. that. It's refreshing. Reality is surprisingly, I mean, it's not always easy, but it is refreshing to be like grounded and like nobody's perfect and it helps to humanize people and also like equality and being on the same level with somebody is so mm-hmm. special. It but is. It is. It feels safer to have somebody above you because it's like, okay, we're good. If everything goes wrong on my end, at least I have you sort no. of thing. And yeah. But it's more of, no, we are equals and we're both learning how to have relationship in right. a healthy way. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well said. so you said you identified with the anxious high anxiety low avoidance style and i am more on the high anxiety high avoidance piece of things fearful avoidance now i'm not super duper aware of this category when i learned about the psychology i feel like the only three were secure anxious and avoidant oh is that what you recall no i remember all four you do okay because i mean when i was trying to figure out my attachment style and reading through a couple things i didn't super identify with any of the three and then fearful avoidant came up and i was like this just kind of feels like the uh, what was the word i used earlier to describe it i don't remember um it fits Oh, the ambivert, the ambivert, ambivert yeah. of the styles. Yeah. Because it's kind of like a little of both almost. Because you have this high anxiety which tends to drive you towards and then this high avoidance which tends to drive you away. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that really plays out 
fully, but I have seen um, myself kind of pull from both ends of the spectrum. Like you have the, the typical idea is that you either are more of an attacker or more of a withdrawer. And I've seen that I can do both. It just depends. And I think most people can do both. It just depends on what makes sense for the situation. And not that either of those are great responses, but um, (laughs) yeah, I've seen that. And that's what they, I guess that's what they mean by unpredictable. <laughs> I'm not into, I'm not like crazy difficult to, I don't know. Am I difficult to be around? <laughs> Probably. No, maybe not. No, I don't know. But there's an I, internal conflict. You're only difficult to be around when you say you don't like fig newtons. Okay. That was well said. Whatever. You're welcome. Yeah. Internal conflict. I just realized was one of the main things. So y- y- mm. <laughs> as I'm struggling, I'm not laughing at you, but I think it's kind of funny yeah, that no. this is currently unraveling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, there's a very much this like, wait, but what do I, how do I, mm, <laughs> needs are difficult in general. I think Indeed. that's probably a more human, that's thing, a human than, thing than like just an attachment thing. But Indeed. yeah, it's very human to have a difficult time with needs. Mm-hmm. And you see that very prevalently when you look at how you behave around people. <laughs> yes, it's true. Oh man. But yeah, so we've seen both of those things play out in our relationships. How has it played out in your relationship? How is it comfortable sharing? Well, it's it's interesting. There'll be times where I'm like, I need to say something or like express that I have a need mm-hmm. that might not be being met or might not be spoken. And expectation is mm-hmm. one of the things I think a lot of the stuff is in my head. So yeah. choosing to say those is really hard. So I'll often just like, instead of being like, oh, I'll save this to talk about it at a certain time. It's like, no, I can't talk about this thing. I need to come to terms with it myself and mm. meet my own needs. And then I end up falling apart because... Being self-reliant, I think, is one of the biggest things that I have an issue with because it's very self-destructive to close in and be like, if I rely on anything and anyone, mm-hmm. then I am vulnerable. And it's like, you kind of need to be able to be vulnerable around the right people. Yeah. So True. it would end up becoming this internal explosive experience. And oh, then fun. I would end up having other things that were a little bit more out, like really high anxiety or panic situations or feeling extremely low a certain day and then almost reaching out for help in ways hmm. that isn't helpful. You like, know what? I have seen that in your life. Yeah? Yeah, I've seen that happen. It's like trying to get need, not try, trying to get affirmation in ways yeah. that are a little underhanded mm-hmm. and I don't mean to. You don't mean so to, but it happens. You yeah. almost set up scenarios in a way to prove something. You're like, well, if I ask this question and it's responded to in this way, then I know that we're good. But I'm not going to make the effort to make it, like, obvious. It's going to be super underhanded. Uh, which is, super passive-aggressive. Which I realize I don't want to be that way, and I've worked to stop mm-hmm. being that way. But, yeah, it's very passive. Yeah. If anything, passive-aggressive, but I would say passive. Yeah, it's very passive indeed, but, yeah. Yeah, it's not a great way to It's not, but there's no judgment here. It's mm-hmm. same with the anxious. Getting attached yeah. immediately right, is, yeah. is not great either. They're not They're not great situations, but it's no. good to be able to recognize them because I know that both you and I have worked to recognize these habits and yes. to stop them in their tracks. So let's yes. talk about ways that we've tried to oppose these habits. Mm, yes. Prayer. Prayer. <laughs> Prayer. I know, for, I know for me, I would, I've been more assertive and mm-hmm. like when I feel like I need something or I have a thought, I'm going to at least talk about it. Even if that doesn't mean in the end that that person is in quotes responsible mm-hmm. for meeting that, I'm yeah. at least talking about it. Gets it out of being withdrawn. Yeah, I do that too. And it doesn't, it doesn't make them responsible. It keeps me responsible. Exactly. Yeah. But 
it also helps them to understand where you're at, where I'm yeah, at. Totally. So, so I don't, so that they don't like be like, what is going on with you? What is up with you? Right. Cause all they can see is the outside. Yeah. They can only see the behaviors and things that are on the outside, which with the whole attack withdrawal thing, there's a deeper emotion, there is. a hurt, a need, something that is so impossible to see mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you communicate. Exactly. And that's why communication is so key in these mm-hmm. matters. Like I, I brought this up at the very almost beginning of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think our second date, I was like, listen, I'm very anxious in attachment style. And like, this is my intention with dating and I want to know if you're the same way so I don't get too far ahead of myself yeah. thinking about the future right yeah and then get immediately hurt if something happens and he goes no I'm the same way we'll figure it out like this is what we're gonna do mm-hmm. and right so we were able to get it v- securely attached for me pretty quickly right that's really really cool mm-hmm. and I mean there's always risk with attachment so that's probably why true. this specific thing is so tricky because mm-hmm. both being in dating relationships it's like you're learning what it means to be with someone (laughs) but like there's also risk involved so it does poke at a lot of those Mm -hmm. anxious thoughts yeah in general when you're just like how do I go about this wisely (laughs) (laughs) yeah how do I be able to be open wisely yeah wise vulnerability not that that ever fully goes away I mean there's always wisdom and vulnerability but communication is key and highly key and knowing yourself and knowing to communicate mm-hmm. is going to be what best helps these yeah. attachment styles best. Being able to identify places where you see bad attachment style habits come up is really, really, really good too. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, that response was a little bit more than makes sense for the situation. Mm-hmm. What did it poke? And then analyzing that and then feeling the safety to be able to talk about that yeah. is also really helpful. Be like, hey, <laughs> this one poked up something that hurt me as a child. Let's talk about it. Yeah, right. But like not in a bad light. Like it's not an end of relationship. It's totally. those, we need to explore that and be like, maybe we don't poke that for a little yeah. while. It's an opportunity for you to practice being open and for them to practice grace. It's mm-hmm. really, really cool. Those moments are really painful. But like mm-hmm. I've always seen the best results. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, an opportunity for you to get to know me better and for me to practice being open yeah and this it's goes so cool. <laughs> this goes two ways too we're only talking about our sides because we understand us yes best. right um but it goes for the other person as well mm-hmm. being able to share where they are and yep. communicate their attachment styles and you reverse the roles in that situation we mm-hmm. get to practice being gracious and listen and they get to practice being open yeah exactly so cool so cool it hurts <laughs> it hurts to be poked but there's there's a goodness that comes through it somehow you almost you end up closer you do you do so weird mm-hmm. so weird yeah oh man because you grow and you learn and they get to see a side of you that maybe they would not have seen if they exactly. hadn't poked you and that's probably good because then they get to you see get to... precursors to possible things that happen yes. in the future if like an emergency god yeah. forbid happens or if like a stress occurs like well you have children you get to know the whole person it's mm-hmm. like you're bouncing around and then you hit a line almost and you're like oh that's the boundary of who you are mm-hmm. this is what you experience this is mm-hmm. more of who you are yeah and now i understand <laughs> yeah exactly it helps very cool mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah attachment styles are very interesting there isn't a test that we can necessarily uh, uh like. what's what's the word recommend mm-hmm. to you because we didn't take a test and we're not <laughs> we psychologists t- either so it's not like us sitting down and being like oh that makes sense for me you can't technically self-diagnose but at the same time to, but you can kind of understand you can look enough. at your history you can look at the symptoms symptoms in quotes symptoms, symptoms <laughs> behaviors awesome behaviors and be like i can see where i am affected by that kind of mentality yeah. this is like not even a disorder too it's just yeah. like this is how you get it like exactly to people yeah so i mean i don't think there's like you self-diagnosed and now there's yeah, this label on things. you it's just the way that you interact with people indeed very cool stuff so okay. look into it look mm-hmm. into it for yourself and Maybe something will come out of it. Indeed. (laughs) 
Um, so, mental leftovers. Indeed. There were the four attachment styles. Avoidant. Anxious, fearful, okay. avoidant. Uh, anxious and secure. Boom. We identify with these, and they are helpful for relationships. They are. <laughs> this mental leftovers is so dense. I mean, so, uh, that's the opposite word I was trying to find. <laughs> Quick. Quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. I think that's everything, then. That is everything, indeed. Cool. Yeah. Can I get a yeet for Jesus? Yeet! Yeet!